well, well, well. <sighs> okay. Well, guys, I'm Natalie Hayden. I'm Natalie Charmaine. I'm all the things, but today Laverne too. I'm I'm Laverne as well too. I'm Laverne Badger. And I will say this as I'm scrolling through my phone trying to select my notes here. I will say that I haven't been solo dolo in a while. But I guess you know like things happen, right? So my partner is not here and it's all good because the party and the show must continue on. So I'm not solo. I'm here with a guest, a wonderful guest, but before we get started, you know, I have to do the, you know, the normal thing to do. I'm Natalie Hayden. I'm Natalie Charmaine. And we are Exposed, the podcast. Yes, yes, Tommy, you can go ahead and do it with me. I'm Natalie Charmaine. And I'm Cam Beats. And we are <laughs> Exposed, the podcast. Yes, see, it, it, it helps with all of that to have someone who knows. You pat yourself on the back. Who, know, who knows what it is. Yes, thank you so much. So um, today we are going to be getting into some real, you know, like the work work of how to become truly our best selves. But before we get into that, we got some church announcements. <laughs> you know, I like to call them church announcements, just announcements and updates. But um, if you guys have not, for those of you that have subscribed to us, I think you received a newsletter last week and it's our Thriver um, newsletter and it has all of our updates, things to come, what's happening, also some Thriver affirmations. And then we're also celebrating uh, a Thriver of the month. So if you haven't received that, be on the lookout for it. It should be in your emails. If you have subscribed to us, if you haven't subscribed to us, you can check us out at Expose the Podcast. Com. You can also find us on all places where podcasts are streamed. So anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Social media, Laverne and Natalie uh, through Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We're there. Also, um, just a, a nice shameless plug. Um, we do have a call to action for Milwaukee public school principals and educators. If you're looking for some support, we have a call to action for you. We were on the morning blend this past few days, this past week, and we are serious about our young people. If you know, if you live in a city where there is uh, increase in violence, you know, um, it really is a target to our young people. And we're really just trying to get a hold of them and let them know that we have space for them. We want them to know that we hear them and that we just want to be able to support the educators and those that are um, truly working with our young people. And we, we all need help. I think even parenting, we need some support. Listen, I'm calling all hands on deck when it comes to my one. So I can only imagine someone who has multiple children and who, who you know, they we just don't have all the answers. Right, Tommy? I don't still. I mean, my kids are adults. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's my a little... going out of town for her birthday. Mm. And uh I was like, well, don't get beat up by your roommates. <laughs> <laughs> and they listen, they bet not come back without you. I know exactly. that for sure. I, mean, I was like, 
tongue in cheek kind of joking, but damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. That's a real thing. That's a real thing, you know. Watch, um, your, watch your drink. Watch your drink and uh, share your location with me and all those type of things, you know, like use technology for actually what it's meant to be right. used for. Right. And so, um, so yeah, it is not a manual for being a parent. And I will say that, um, but we're going to get into more conversation, of course. But if you are looking for some inspiration, head on over to our website. We do have resources and we are constantly updating because we're learning that in this work of uh, domestic violence, awareness, prevention and education, that it's a constant uh, will of evolving information that's changing and shifting so um as things are changing we are making updates because we want um, everyone to be privy to the information and to have the insight and the wherewithal to do what they need to do to support their family and friends so um with that, I just want to shout out just a number because numbers don't lie. I'm sort of a numbers freak. I get excited about numbers. And the number 252, 252 downloads so far this month for 2023 <laughs> exposed the podcast. Yes, I think people are really trying to, you know, they want to see what's going on. But 252 downloads just for this month. This month? Just this month. Wait, I didn't I missed that part. Just this month. Wow. This listen, this month isn't over yet. Yeah. Yeah. So 252. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We want to appreciate all our all of our listeners and viewers. Thank you for um really just wanting to hear insight and be aware of the things that are going on. And thank you for being supporters of ours. So that wraps up the church announcements. Now we can get to the regular scheduled program in, in, in the words of the elders. But today we are joined in the studio with um, a person that I only met, I want to say at the end of last year. And we connected and I, when I experienced this individual and um, his counterparts, what they are doing in the city around uh, therapy and having spaces created for all types of, you know, specialized groups and, and people and individuals is just mind blowing. And it's exciting to know that, you know, like doing this work there is a space also for those of us that do this work. So without further ado, I would like to introduce one of the founders of Black, space. Black Spaces, Mr. Corey Fails. Hello. Hey. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and taking the time. Um, today's conversation, we're talking about really how did you get to therapy? Yeah, but please do share um, the vision about Black Spaces and all of what that what what that entails. Yeah, so um, once again, my name is Corey Fells. Um, Black Space essentially started from me and my other colleagues having our own personal relationship with therapy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, my therapy first started off when after my mom passed and I didn't cry. Mm. I was so focused on just trying to figure out where I got to live because I was a junior in high school. Mm. Um, and really trying to figure out where do I relate in life yeah. in general. Where should I go to like uh, figure out any type of problem solving, mm-hmm. whatever case may have you. And my family was really concerned with the fact that I didn't cry at the funeral. Mm-hmm. They're really hinging on that. So uh, they said, Corey, you need to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't I just couldn't figure that out myself in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so when uh, I initially went to go see this uh, therapist, it felt like I was going out out, out of town. We were only going to Brookfield, which felt like it was in a whole new city and a whole new area. But when we went to his space, it felt like I shouldn't been I shouldn't have been there. Why? A very because it was a very lush leather couch that you only see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem very inviting. I was 16 at the time, so it seemed like I was just in a um, uh, Batman uh, library inside of his house or something <laughs> like that. So. Um, I was only engulfed by that, but then when the guy started talking, he kind of talked in a very condescending voice. Mm. He's like, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. Explain to me why. Why do you do that in your culture? Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like as if I was from some foreign land or whatever the case may be. Mind you, I'm already thinking I'm in a different city. Right. So I'm already kind of feeling kind of displaced. Um, I had about one or two sessions with him and I just told my family, I don't need to see this guy. I don't yeah. want to ever see this guy again. And he tried to explain or ask me to explain, but I just, it's a feeling that you get and yeah. you're just not comfortable talking to a person about personal things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that happened about maybe two weeks later. Uh, the guy actually pops up in my uh, school and sits outside the door of one of my classes. Hmm. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out why is this guy here and why is he poking his head through the window? And what can I say to my friends? Because I know this guy's going to want to talk to me. Yeah. Um, so uh, these guys, my friends are just saying, like, what is this weird old white man sitting outside my window and just like <laughs> looking around? And I'm trying to appease them and say, like, oh, I think this is a college scout. I'm trying to make it seem like it was bigger than what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's some school in <laughs> Iowa that wants to talk to me, whatever case maybe, because I was playing basketball at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy just broke so many different confidentiality rules. He's not supposed <gasps> to do that. I was just getting ready to ask, did he get permission from the parent? No, I think <laughs> because my absence for quite a while, he was just like, let me do a health and wellness check. And it broke all type of laws because he yeah. actually sat down with my counselor and asked me, like, I asked her, how's he doing as far as his grades, how's the home skills and all the other stuff. And uh, he wasn't supposed to do any of that. So he got my school involved. Mind you, at this time, I also was lying to my school that my mom even passed. Oh. So I didn't want to be put in a boy's home or I didn't want to be looked at yeah. even more than what I am because I went to Whitefish Bay, an all-white school. Yeah. So yeah. I'm already yeah. kind of tokenized as it is. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of put more pressure on me. So I know you went to Whitefish Bay. Yeah. White Folks Bay, is, as they call it here <laughs> in Milwaukee. I went to Sherwood. You had to go to the oh. enemy. Oh, okay. Okay. I to you right now. Yeah, man, we was oh, cool at first. Dang. No rivalries. We're talking about therapy here. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. I feel you. It's okay. I feel you. Um, so many years after that, I went straight to the military right after high school, and I kind of suppressed all of it. Um, honestly, I just went into just a hiding space mentally mm-hmm. and just started focusing on like what I got to do to get my life straight, where I got to get my food, where I got to get my clothing, all the other stuff. So 
after that many years 2020 slaps all of us in the face yeah and says hey you gotta sit at home and deal with your issues you can't do anything else and so that really kind of like made it so that i had to kind of figure out what my my personal issues were um throughout the military i've traveled across the country and done a, a whole bunch of things but um there's like very two poignant times in my life. My mom's day of that she died and her birthday. That was, I was always sitting on some type of assignment and I always like wake up literally feeling anxious and literally crying nonstop. And so um, it got to a point where my supervisor, who's another black man, sat on Zoom and said, Corey, you look stressed. And that's something to be called stress over FaceTime and Zoom and all those other things because you can usually hide those things. Right, right, right. And he saw right through and he said, our organization or the company I worked at takes care of all medical bills related to therapy. So you don't have to worry about co-pays. You don't have to worry about deductibles. Go. And I actually have a woman that you can uh, be able to see. My skepticism is already high. Yeah. I don't want to try to break down what my story is. I don't want to try to explain all these nuances in my culture. I'm already kind of like, yeah, I'll go just to appease you because this is someone I really respected. Right. And so I go in and I see this light-skinned woman that's about mid-40s, blonde hair, Mm -hmm. and just has a beautiful big smile. smile. Yeah. And immediately I'm like, I don't want to like you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you're you're making me like you. Yeah. And so she's just asking me a bunch of things and she's not asking nuanced questions, but she's asking me, how do you feel about that? Was she African-American? She was black. Okay. She's black. And okay. so mind you, at the time I was going through so many other things. We we're all going through things. And she just reaffirmed me of those things. She understand cultural nuances because she said I was she was raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, traveled across the country and across the world and definitely knew about like a lot of certain things Mm -hmm. Um, and so about maybe 10 to 12 sessions in it clicked in me and I was like oh this is what this is for it's for me to be able to know how to not snap on my manager before he says something stupid to me right it teaches me how to be able to be a little bit more patient with my partner Uh how to be a lot more patient with like relatives that just don't get certain things yeah and it literally was a practice session so uh, i use sports analogies from time to time but it's like when you're going to practice you practice way more you ever play in games right nba players have 82 games you probably practice 200 uh times before or well between all those games and it gives me the confidence to coming in and being like, hey, uh, um, what's a white name that's uh, very obscure? Um, Mr. Strottermeyer or something like that. <laughs> or Mr. Stewart. <laughs> hey, I don't like the fact that you just looked me over for that uh, promotion and me and old boy was here for the same exact amount of time and I exceeded expectations and he's only met. Yeah. What's the difference between him and I? Yeah. Or me just being confident and being like, hey, I am finding uh, ventures elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I will play those scenarios within those therapy sessions. And she would tell me, do you want this to be the outcome or do you want that to be the mm-hmm. outcome? And it really kind of like opened my eyes. So I told all my guys, like, oh, man, you need to see therapy. That girl <laughs> you try to like talk to and then she <laughs> kind of played you to the left. And you now you're all upset and mad. Mm-hmm. You are only upset that? and mad because you not you have not dealt with regret or um, denial or rejection. somebody yeah. Eje- rejection. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, bro! I'm just gonna work out. I'm good. The workout to do what? To do what? Exactly. <laughs> and so I said, you need to figure out those emotions as to why you think that you should be mad when someone rejects you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I talked to a bunch of my guys, and only one one of my friends really it really penetrated through them. And uh, that person ends up being uh, Darius Smith. He has a wonderful story about being a father and all that stuff. Um, but when I talked to him, he said, Corey, we need to be able to possibly make this into a group therapy session thing where more black and brown people can receive this too. Yeah. So that therapist I was telling you about ends up being my business partner, business partner, <laughs> my former therapist, because yeah. I moved on to another therapist. And now we're all just doing business together. We were on the Today Show with Carson Daly. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday and Lauren Holiday have funded the business. Um, definitely looking to do more business with Drew Holiday, the Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee, uh, or the Brewer Foundation, American Family Insurance, uh, United Way, and a, a whole slew of other people that have donated like large sums of money to be able mm-hmm. to just kind of continue our work. Wow, wow, wow. Were you located on South 2nd Street at one point? South 2nd Street? It was like, like water. On, oh, no. So we don't have a location. So right now we purposely have no location because okay. we try to go to the communities that need gotcha. us. I think that's so, dope. Because yeah. instead, so many people are like, oh, well, the bus closes on that side of town. Or mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to dismantle so many different barriers of reason why Very people smart. don't go to therapy mm-hmm. yeah. um, by just making sure we eliminate all of them. Wow. So I will say this. We will have, I believe, your two other business partners here separately. And you intentionally asked for that because I think it needs to have, you know, they need to have their own opportunity to share how they arrived and how you all collectively arrived together. So you're doing something that I want to say for sure is necessary and needed, not just for, um, you know, our culture, but just something that is normally not socially acceptable generationally. Like if you think about in general, Tommy, so your, your parents, parents, my parents, parents, therapy, what, who's talking about therapy? Yeah. What goes on in the house stays in the house. I just had a yeah. conversation last night. I was doing another podcast and we we're talking about this. And uh, funny, we talk about two topics. The mm-hmm. topic about being uh, guys being rejected and becoming violent. That, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But it's then, not funny, but I get I mean, it. Yeah, yeah, it, like, is. Yeah. I, it was funny because I was like, that's not if everybody thinks that's not normal. We need to actually interview these people and ask why. Why, 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 why? is it that detrimental to your your psyche? What there? is it? But yeah. but I feel like therapy will break that down. Right. But then we also talked about therapists and how we dealt with our our, our mom's passing. Mm-hmm. And I said I've been through like four or five therapists. Like mm-hmm. I, I throw them to the side. Like like nah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. All it takes is one like. Mm, yep. And I like yep. that. I'm out. But you know, <laughs> so I really would like it if you guys could speak to that because you know when someone is seeking therapy, the the chances are it's like a physician. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that that person fits. It's a fit. Yeah. It's a fit yeah. for you. So chances are you might go through a few until you land to someone that is. But I can get that happening to explain and be vulnerable and transparent to to reach that how do you it's like dating in in sorts Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that this person understands your verbiage without you having to break it down because it's already exhausting to talk about a lot of certain topics yeah and also you want to know like envision 
who are you comfortable with? It can be a certain gender. It could be like a certain voice that actually allows you to feel more comfortable or that voice can be super triggering. If you're talking about your father that used to get drunk and like become uh, an issue for you that had a really deep voice, you probably don't want to talk to a therapist that has a really deep voice that kind of triggers that for you. Many people don't think about that, but um, I know working when I was at Milwaukee Job Corps, many of our young people that came through um, Milwaukee Job Corps, they were traumatized in some way. And the woman that I am, I realized that the, my voice, my presence, the way that I yeah. look, the disciplinary type of action that I might take, I had to learn that that might be triggering for some of the young people because yep. they weren't used to that. And I had to make sure I didn't take it personal. Yeah. So just um, being aware that not everyone is your type, like you said, in the dating sense that you might have to go through a few to find your person. Yeah. And um, the reason why I kind of like kind of gravitate. So that, that therapist's name is De uh, Dr. Knox. Yeah. And I kind of subconsciously kind of floated towards her because she kind of felt the void of my mom oh, um so she grew up around the same time period dr knox is yeah. dope dr leah a knox you might know her yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, she kind of floated around the same generational period as my mom she kind of went through the same type of trials and tribulations as my mom because mm -hmm. mind you while i'm in therapy i'm also asking her questions so uh the very infamous like movie uh antoine fisher where he did not speak to denzel washington until he heard some like information about him who he as, was because as, as us as black people yeah we will only show the amount of vulnerability that you you're show. willing to show yeah and so yeah. i'm kind of doing the same thing i'm like hey where are you from okay mm -hmm. what neighborhood is that this mm -hmm. that and the other and she's just like kind of okay i know where you're from you're 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 you're, you're legit and mm -hmm. so I'm kind of going on from there and kind of just like, ex you know, explaining certain issues and kind of going on. But I would never, ever, I'm, no offense uh, to anyone that's like white listening, but I would never go to a white therapist because there's so many cultural nuanceness that even if you studied or even if you quote unquote lived in the same neighborhood, you would never be able to explain, uh, understand the same things that I go through. Yeah. And so when we talk about culturally specific uh, agencies serving people from you know the black and brown community I think even in some of the work that we do when it comes to uh, domestic violence and human trafficking and sexual assault these service agencies and providers it's really important that they maybe seek out yep. therapists because that's their their largest pool of clients is black and brown people yep. and so it's really hard for i want to say many of us that are um, in trauma uh induced or trauma situations that the therapy that's provided there is going to be a void that's that's missing you yeah. know that yeah. that that uh, that that type of therapist might not be able to feel. Tell me, tell me your experience with therapy, you and uh, Mr. Miles. Yeah, so you know, my my first encounter with therapy was, I want to say, we want to talk about the trauma where I felt like I sought it for myself was um, through the EAP program mm. through my job, and of course, at first, um, they let you know that you get twelve free sessions, and then <laughs> after that, you gotta pay, and yep. you know, here's the network of which you can work in, and then you know, I was thinking to myself, 
do I really want someone that is of my culture mm. only because, you know, like we have very limited few and they might know me or they yep. might that that confidentiality thing yep. is is a little triggering. So I was like, I don't mind going to someone who is outside of my culture. Yeah. So I think many of us, we have different, yeah. you know, um, you know, filters as to how we select the person that we need to help us troubleshoot what we're going through. But um, I did my first 12 sessions with someone that was outside of my culture. And of course I picked someone that is a female because yep. um, that's just a preference. Um, and then when I ended up going through my, my domestic violence situation, uh, the service provider Sojourner, they had in-home therapy mm. for us. And um, it was a, it wasn't anyone that was culturally specific that mm. was available. So you had to pick and choose what was available to you. And um, there is definitely some disconnect, yep. but because they are so used to just serving this population, that what they hear is pretty common and pretty much, you know, like, okay, we're familiar with this, but those nuances, yep. there were some things that had to be explained, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I do think that therapy is, is a great tool. I have a couple, I use uh talk space and then I use someone else that doesn't, that doesn't have a bias or some, some yep. sort. So I just try to keep a couple options for myself because I feel like we should always be talking to someone. No, I feel you. I feel you hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 Tommy. Hmm. Hmm. I too don't necessarily have to have somebody within my culture. Um, I've done older white woman therapy. <laughs> I've done uh, young white guy that a hipster, like a hipster guy. Was, yeah. <laughs> the hipster guy was cool. Yeah. And I was digging him, but then when I um, I stopped for a, a moment. And I tried to go back, and I, there was no more bookings. Oh. I had no other availability, so yeah. he, re he he referred me to someone else in the same uh, in the same circle, and he ended up being really good too. Mm -hmm. um, because the frequency of it, like the frequency of it, became pretty healthy for me, and I liked like I was going every week at one point. Oh, oh wow! Nice. And so it was it, that became really good, and then um, my schedule got tied up, and I couldn't do it every week, mm -hmm. and. I told you, it doesn't take much for me to be like, man, F you. <laughs> but That's because, many of us. Because I went to him. I was like, man, I can't do this every week. He's like, well, yeah, I don't have any more other op openings. So he just kind of let me go. Yeah. He didn't even offer me like once a month or anything. Like because I, I talked to another therapist who was a friend. She, she was like, he didn't offer you any other options. I was like, no. He was like, no, nah, I don't have no room. Ooh. I was like, well, fam. Like, yeah. So I was like, well, forget you. So well, I, I, I still need help. Right. I still need, I mean, I, and I haven't seen one since. So and that was maybe about eight months ago. Okay. So um, haven't actively searched out anybody, but um, I think I choose people outside of my race and people obscure yep. because I think the too much familiarity yeah. uh, might actually input bias. I agree. I agree. No, no, that's, that's definitely yeah. valid. Yeah. I can find a black guy and hey, I'm like, we can vibe. And I'm, all of a sudden I was like, man, my baby mama tripping. It's like, yeah, she is. Ain't she? You know, that kind of, <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> I need you to tell me. I didn't tell me that. No, you ain't. Uh -oh. <laughs> What's going on? This is the issue. Here. Right. You know, exactly. Get your stuff together. Right. Yeah, I will say, um, and thank you for sharing that, Tommy. I think the group, I never did it in a group setting. Uh, when Laverne shared with me uh, the group 
therapy space, it was something that just really blew my mind. And I was like, I think I actually prefer that over just, you know, a one-on-one session. And I think the reason being is because for one, for two years, you know, the isolation piece and um, I'm sure it's other factors, but it's nothing like being in a space. And especially if you feel comfortable being vulnerable to have someone validate and someone to, you know, like other perspectives that you can play off of that you never really thought about for yourself. And so um, I just thought it was genius and it was amazing to have that and then to actually have it in different spaces like different locations that were beautiful spaces it it makes you feel and think differently about yourself when you're feeling sometimes at your worst yeah yeah Yeah, no no most certainly and i think that was more strategically done by dr knox because she understood like uh if you have a group of a random 12 or 15 black and brown people you segment them between men, women, and LGBTQIA, there's going to be a lot of commonality. Dr. Noss will tell you herself, she will talk for the first five minutes of the session. It's a two-hour session, and she won't say anything else because then the group takes it and they facilitate them amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. There's a two-hour session? Yeah. Yes. Wow. But honestly, every single person says that it, it felt like it came by and went like in it five did. minutes. We were, I wanted another hour or yeah. so, like, and you could totally be there and not it did not feel like that yeah because dr not yeah because so dr (laughs) Knox is somewhat facilitating if it gets too off track she brings it back in but Mm -hmm. there is a cross-generational so the only rule Mm -hmm. we have far as age is you have to be 18 years and above because there's certain talks and different types of uh topics that definitely are a little bit more on the mature side right and so um there is a I remember one of the first sessions I sat in uh, for the men. It was a 60 year old man. And as far as like the oldest, and the youngest 60 to an 18 year old young man. And he was uh, receiving his first child. Um, he said him and his baby mama were not seeing eye to eye. He said all he wants to do is just like try to provide. But he also is having troubles finding a job. Mm-hmm. He graduated high school, but he wasn't looking to go to college because that's going to be a waste of time for him. That's how he felt. Um, and honestly, as you're kind of like seeing this, you're starting to see certain eyes around the circles kind of gleam because they're like oh i literally had an issue 20 years ago or i had an issue (laughs) one year ago or whatever the case may be so after the session Mm -hmm. that 60 year old man went up to the 18 year old kid and said hey i'm literally i literally went through what you're going through at the same exact age and you need to do this you need to go down to the courthouse and do x y and z or and and for order for you to find a job you don't need no high paying job you need to go over here and um, i actually run a business or i run um, a department you can actually get hired through me and i'll make sure you have an entry-level job and you can keep afloat so on and so forth and these things just kind of like work amongst themselves Mm -hmm. um problem solving comes about we have done tons of different partnerships with law firms and different uh areas to be able to help and guide people well after Mm -hmm. um but all in all it's just it's just honestly a talks amongst people within a community uh in a very vulnerable space yeah yeah dr knox is also a uh therapist that does not care about cussing she don't care about like language or anything like that if you have something on your heart you just let it out she and she made that very clear very clear um i will say this i'm looking forward to the to the next talk space 
Um, I really want to thank you. Thank you. I know there's so much more. And I think I would like to bring all of you guys back probably once um, the other two come and have their interview with us. But we would love for all of you to just come and share collectively, you know, just your thoughts and your vision for 2023. Um, Anything coming up? Um, so I do a lot of the business development. So I'm the one raising all the dollars and I'm also doing the different partnerships. We will be going into a much further partnership with the Milwaukee Art Museum as okay. to where we're going to be doing a, a series called um, Black, Space, Black Space Talk Series, where we're pulling people from the DI space, from uh, top top 10 corporations in Wisconsin, from Coles to General, uh, or not General Motors. Um, I don't know what not state Detroit. I'm in. Not um, Detroit. But Coles, Johnson Controls, and many of those industries, and talking about how can we facilitate a space that's conducive for Black and Brown people in corporate America. Ooh. Um, so that there's not a, there's a, there's a loss in retention of black people at a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. um, and then also a lot of talent acquisition individuals cannot find uh, talent talent that is actually diverse right um, so uh, with that we're definitely trying to look at the, uh, how to be able to solve those things mm-hmm. um, our first talk will be possibly in October okay and then the next following one will be in April and then October of next year Okay. Um, so the question is how I came to therapy, someone that is straddling the fence, uh, someone that is of color, someone that is a male, uh, that might be struggling, you know, what is your advice to taking the step? Honestly, just ask a friend, ask a friend. Cause you never know. I didn't, a lot of my friends didn't come out to me and tell me they were in therapy until I asked and they were like, Oh yeah, I do this on a pretty regular that's the reason why I can't come to basketball on Fridays because mm-hmm. I'm going to sit talk talk to my therapist. Um, and they have a wealth of probably experience. Um, if you are looking to possibly go to one of our group sessions, always bring a friend. We also give uh, meals. I want to say meals because we don't just give pizza or whatever case may be. Right. Every single one of our group sessions is, are always carefully catered with a hot meal because black and brown people, we deserve that. We love to eat. Um, yeah. And we mm-hmm. are feeling we feel more comfortable when we eat food. Yes, we do. Food. Yeah. Food, y'all. <laughs> Real food. <laughs> um, and also just kind of just be OK with possibly uh, coming out. Um I know that there is different like turmoils with possibly going into those type of spaces. And I never, I never really try to rush people into those spaces coming at a time where it's best comfortable for you. Right. 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 Whenever, how long that is, is, that's what it is. Listen, Corey, where can people find black spaces? So Black Space is uh, on uh, your World Wide Web on w, uh, www. That's crazy to even say. Um, <laughs> BlackspaceHQ.com or at BlackspaceHQ.org, I should say. And then Black Space on, we have a Instagram and also a TikTok that we're going to be um, adding content to. TikTok. Listen. So um, we will expose the podcast. We'll be sure to have that information provided for you all because we think that part of 
healing is transparency and vulnerability and dealing with our shadows and demons and, and whatever we're dealing with it's always to ha- it's always great to have a safe space to do that and if you're not quite interested or ready to go and have a one-on-one i would say definitely go to a group session uh hit up their website see when the next one is you can just go and sit and have a meal and be a fly on the wall and I guarantee you are going to want to get some of that good old uh, healing and and whatever it is that you you want out of it. So um, I really want to thank you, Corey, for one, for taking the time to come and sit with us, but this won't be the last time we are looking for an opportunity to uh, collaborate and support as best as we can because this is essential work for for the uh for the for the culture for sure yeah i want to thank you guys for having me this is a very nice like really warm and inviting space so definitely uh, y'all should be having guests every single day <laughs> every <laughs> single day yeah. tommy you ready for that yep cha-ching cha-ching listen <laughs> there right. you go that's right. that's right that's right so um without further ado we're gonna wrap it up but i want to thank you guys for listening thank you Corey. thank you tommy for joining in on the conversation no problem Yes. Well, guys, I guess we'll talk to you next week. I am Natalie Hayden. Oh, I'm Cam Beast. And we are Expose, Expose the, the Podcast. Podcast. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs>